today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. For those who do live godly lives, knowing this prepares you and preempts you from being derailed when, again, not if, persecuted. That's what God wants you to know. Because if you think about it, when you're caught off guard, it makes it even worse, right? I mean, at least if you're prepared for it, it doesn't completely blindside you. As a believer in Christ, you'll suffer persecution in this life. Christ warns you in His Word. He tells you persecution is coming, but He's given you truths to stand on so you're not shaken to the core when it hits. Today, Pastor J.D. explains that Jesus wants you to know these truths so that you won't lose your faith when you suffer. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. I would much rather, Isaiah said, that instead of choosing the furnace of affliction to refine us, he would have said, I choose the beaches of Hawaii to refine you. (laughs) That's my idea of refining, you know, so refined (laughs) and tanned too. Now you're going to get tanned, but it's just going to be in the furnace. That's his purpose. When Paul says his purpose, that's the purpose. All who are called according to his purpose. That's his purpose. So if you're asking yourself the question and inquiring of the Lord as you go through this trial in your life, Lord, what is the purpose of this? That's the answer. I'm making you more like Jesus in the image of my son, Jesus the Christ. What was Jesus like? Oh, Jesus was humble. Meek, patient, loving, he is love. Jesus was gentle, he was kind. All of those things, and by the way, that's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's his purpose. I find it interesting that Paul would remind Timothy of the kinds of things that happened to him when he was in Antioch, Iconium, and especially Lystra, because that's where Timothy is from. His mother was Jewish, his father Greek, and that's where the Apostle Paul and Timothy connected the first time. At this point in Paul's life, at the end of his life, it has had to have been more than 14 years. And the reason I say that is because when he writes to the Corinthians, he refers to what many believe happened to him in Lystra in the third person. And he says, 14 years ago, I know of a man, he's speaking of himself. And that's interesting too, isn't it? He didn't say a word to anyone for 14 years about that, what happened to him. He's speaking of what happened to him in Lystra. And you know what's so fascinating? The book of Acts, by the way, we, I don't know how many years ago it was now, We went through the book of Acts, one of the most fascinating studies of a book in all of the Bible. So many details there for us. 
about what happened to Paul. So he's there in Lystra. They stone him to death, leave him for dead. Many believe he was dead. And that's when he was caught up to the third heaven to be shown that which would be criminal to try to even articulate and communicate in the realm of the natural, the glory that awaits. We see through a glass dimly, blurry, darkly, if you, if you will. And after he is basically resuscitated or brought back, he goes back into Lystra. Listen, I can take a hint. Yeah, you try to kill me, I'm not going back in there. But, but Paul does. And isn't it interesting that that's where Timothy was from. So let's get back to our question here of why would the Apostle Paul deem it necessary by the Holy Spirit to remind Timothy of all that had happened to him? I mean, he was almost killed in Iconium. He was again stoned and left for dead in Lystra. When he was in Antioch, he was run out of town for preaching the gospel. But again, with the Apostle Paul, I like how one said it, wherever the Apostle Paul went, he started a riot. Wherever I go, I have coffee. <laughs> but God. He, he explains this, he reminds Timothy of this, I believe, so he can say, yeah, Timothy, you know, in fact, you were there in Lystra, you know all that has happened to me. You've seen how I've lived my life, but God delivered me from them all. Key word, all. Why do I emphasize that? Because is it not true that the enemy is so good at putting thoughts in your mind when you're going through it, when you're in your Lystra? <laughs> And it's one of these, it's like, yeah, God got you through that, but this is how it ends. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to make it through this one. Yeah, but like we talked about in the update, God delivered me from the lion and the bear. He's certainly going to deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine, David would say. No, not this time. That was then. This is now. That's the enemy. That's a lie. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. It's not just that God will deliver you. It's that God will deliver you from all. All. You know what all means? Again, I know deeply profound. All. Everything. No matter what it is. No matter how bad it gets. And it could get bad. In fact, not only could it get bad and already is, as we're going to see here in a moment, it's going to go from bad to worse. And that's our second one in verses 12 through 13. I would suggest <laughs> that these two verses are amongst the most, if not the most, unpopular verses in all of the Bible. You know, and when you teach the Bible, book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, you can't skip over it. 
I'll confess that if I did not teach expositionally through the Bible this way, I probably wouldn't teach the, these two. I'm just saying, I would not, te- if I'm being honest, I would not teach God only. What? You know, and actually, I, I probably could come close to wrapping my mind around verse 12, but to add insult to injury, we've got verse 13. So in other words, Timothy, not only will those who want to live godly lives in Christ Jesus suffer persecution, while you're suffering persecution for living a godly life, you know what evil's going to do? <laughs> evil's going to get worse. Oh, it's bad now, but it's going to go from bad to worse and even worser. I know that's not a word. Again, don't email me. That's what he's saying. Now we have a problem, and we need to deal with it. What's the problem? The problem is we, it's here in God's Word, we accept it, we read it, we teach it, we hear it, and that's where we leave it. So that when, not if, when persecution comes, and persecution is here by the way, I don't know if you've noticed, it's, you have to RSVP. (laughs) We don't quite accept it. And again, I don't necessarily fault the well-intentioned Christian or would-be Christian. I fault the lukewarm pulpit and the pastor behind it, who preaches not the Word, the whole counsel of God, but they preach a cotton candy Christianity. Paul tells Timothy that here's here's what's going to happen in the last days. There are going to be people that are going to flock in great numbers to teachers who will tell them what their ears are itching to hear. You know what that means? In order to do that, they're going to say to the preacher who's preaching the word and sound doctrine, hey, we're not, we're not going to put up with that. We don't have to. We're not going to tolerate sound doctrine because there's a church right here down the street that's going to give away free iPads. I'm not joking, by the way. They got the gimmicks. Oh, and by the way, I just, uh, so you know, if you ever visit, which I wouldn't recommend, you visit a church like this, first thing you're going to notice when you walk in is this, this place is cool. And the pastor is hip. Unlike your pastor, by the way. (laughs) I mean, he's got skinny jeans and a latte. Look, I would never do that to you. That would be cruel. And get this, the worship, wow! I mean, these guys, they're jamming. And that's most of the service, by the way. So maybe 30 minutes later? Is the pastor coming up? Yeah. Who's the pastor? That's the pastor? Yeah. How old is he? (laughs) He comes up, and as one said, he delivers a sermonette 
for the Christianette. 20 minutes. Keep it, keep it short. I mean, look, look, at, look at who's there. They're sitting there with their arms folded going, you better not go. And oh, by the way, don't even think about it. Oh, you can, you can touch on certain verses. You better stay away from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 13, or I'm not coming back. I'll go find another church. I know that's a silly way to describe it, but it's true. They're not going to put up with it. So when you say to a Christian, this is the cost, you need to count it. This is what is in store, you need to accept it. This is what will happen, you need to be ready and steady for it. And to disregard it, to dismiss it, is to do so to your own peril. And here's why. Because when, again not if, when it comes, and it comes. Forget persecution. We could talk about this in the context and frame it in the context of just trials. When life hits, and life hits. And I've been sitting under the teaching of a church where the pastor is feeding me fluff. Nothing but cotton candy. And all I've got are spiritual cavities. I took it too far, I know, but I'm malnourished. I have no spiritual strength or nourishment. So I'm too weak now. So when my son is a prodigal, or my daughter is wayward, or my child dies, or my wife or husband says, I'm out of here, and life hits. I don't mean to yell, but I thank God that when I came to Christ and was born again, that I got on solid ground of God's Word. Because when life hit, where else was I going to go? I would have collapsed, caved, crumbled. I feel bad for Christians who are ill-prepared for what's coming, and what could very well come, and in fact is already here for the Christian prior to the rapture. Yeah, but pastor, you're always telling us every week that the rapture, we're going to be taken out. Yeah, we are. But what if things get much worse for the Christian between now and then? We might suffer persecution. It's very likely. In fact, I would argue it's probable more even than possible. It's more probable than possible. Yeah, we're going to go through tribulation, not the tribulation. Jesus said in John's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 33, it's recorded. In this world, you will have persecution. In this world, you will have tribulation. In this world, you will have hardship, but... Be of good cheer. Why? Because 
I've overcome the world. And I'm coming to take you out of the world. The Apostle Paul would say it like this, we're not just conquerors, we're more than conquerors. Oh, you're a conqueror? (laughs) I'm more than a conqueror. How about that? That's what we are in Christ. And again, we talked about this in the prophecy update concerning David slaying this giant. God wants us to know that this is in store for those, please listen, who desire to live godly lives. This is what's in store. And for those who do live godly lives, knowing this prepares you and preempts you from being derailed. When, again, not if, persecuted. That's what God wants you to know. Because if you think about it, when you're caught off guard, it makes it even worse, right? I mean, at least if you're prepared for it, it doesn't completely blindside you. So here you are, you've really gotten serious, especially with everything that's going on in the world. You've really gotten serious about your relationship with the Lord. I applaud you. I commend you. But you need to know this. What comes packaged with that? Your commitment to get serious about the things of God. And again, like we talked about in the update, we're in a battleground, not a playground. We don't live in a world anymore that is forgiving of playing church or playing Christianity. It may have been more forgiving of that before all of this happened. It's not now. And we're never going back to that. Period. That's over. That'll never happen. There's no more time. We're at war. This is a war in the realm of the spiritual, and we had better get serious. We're in a battleground, not a playground. This is no time to play. It's time to get serious. I want to close by posing two questions. And these are questions that all of us, myself included, would do well to inquire of the Lord and consider. So please, if you would, think through these questions, starting with this first one. Does knowing that persecution is proportionate to godliness mean that the absence of persecution is evidence of ungodliness? Let me ask the same question a different way. Is the absence of any persecution in my Christian life evidence of the lack of godliness in my Christian life? Listen, please, I allow the Holy Spirit to search your heart. Give Him unfettered access to that deep recess in your heart. And let Him remove whatever it is that has taken up residence in your life that is destroying your life. 
Here's the second question, and lastly. Does knowing that evil and deception, by the way, Paul says very clearly, they're deceived and they're deceiving. And that would stand to reason, right? Verse 13. Because deceivers deceive. Does that make sense? If you're deceived, you're going to deceive. You've heard that expression that hurt people hurt people? Well, it goes for deception too. Deceived people deceive people. Okay, let's get back to our question. Does knowing that evil and deception is even now going from bad to worse produce in you fear? Or does it produce a sanctified resolve to get serious about your faith? I pray it's the latter. I pray that knowing this, understanding this, and even in some measure seeing this play out in our world today, will have the much needed effect of waking you up, even shaking you up. There's no more time. I need to get serious about the things of God. I can't play around anymore. Can't play fast and loose anymore. The time is at hand. Now, maybe it does produce in you fear and trepidation. You look around at what's happening, and then it doesn't help when I talk about you're going to be persecuted, have a nice day, you know. <laughs> and and that, that terrifies you. You know, that might be a good thing. That might be a good thing. What do you mean? Well, maybe that's what it takes. Now, we know that God's not given us a spirit of fear, but there is what we call the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. And the fear of the Lord, which is to hate evil. That's the fear of the Lord. That's the fear. Maybe this needs to produce in you a fear of the Lord. I think about in the Old Testament when it says that there was no fear of God in their eyes. Every man did whatever he wanted, whatever he pleased. There was no fear of God. Well, is that not an apt description of what we see happening today? There's no fear of God. We are so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. If you haven't yet found a church home, we'd like to encourage you to make that a priority. A church family can be a source of support, comfort, and most importantly, faithful prayer warriors. Paul wrote the book of 2 Timothy with this in mind. He knew how important it was to have the support and prayers of other believers in Christ. Church is also a place you can serve and encourage others, too. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to join our church family. At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we meet on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times, directions, and more at our website, 
in spiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings as well as his Mideast prophecy updates and an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this time in our world. You can also find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of Salvation there. This is a great tool to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. Again, that website is inspiritandtruthradio.com. As we continue to study wisdom from the book of 2 Timothy with Pastor J.D., we hope you've been encouraged to live out your faith in a new way. The Bible holds information, encouragement, and instruction that will be beneficial to you on your faith journey. So keep diving in. Well, that's all we have time for today, but be sure to join us next time for more from God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth. 